Welcome back, one and all, to your favourite podcast, The Dawson D Show. This week we're coming to you from Cronulla in New South Wales on our road trip to Sydney. This week we welcome back an old friend and former guest of the show, Alice Bleathman. Alice was one of our very first few guests on the show back on episode 36. She's one of Australia's leading dietitians that specialises in eating disorders. We stopped by Alice's place while we were in Sydney and it was great to catch up and hear about the exciting things she's been doing since we last spoke to her on the pod. Alice opened up about her tough 2022, including going through a rough breakup and more importantly, how she's overcome it. Alice also gave some amazing advice when it comes to comfort food when going through hardships in your life like breakups. She shares the things you should be okay about, but warns the red flags that must be watched out for that could be detrimental to your health. Plus, we shared some hilarious dating fail stories, weight loss tips, and how to avoid overeating this Christmas. We know you guys are going to love this one, so please don't forget to give the podcast a nice little five-star rating over on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcast. But for now, enjoy this chat with the lovely Alice Bleathman. New location, Doss, and this is a beautiful part of the world. Do you want to just quickly describe our morning before we introduce our guest? Yeah, well, it was a frantic pack-up, firstly, because uh, we've had a couple of interviews in the last few days up in New South Wales, but we've got a former guest of the show. Returning. We've driven to her in beautiful Cronulla. Lovely part of the world. We went and got a lovely smoothie or juice and what do you call them? Sire bowls. Sire bowl, you had one of those. And uh, we just made our way over to here to meet the lovely Alice Bleathman. Alice, thanks for having us in your humble abode. Yes, it's very humble, um, very small, but thanks for, yeah, I can't wait to chat. I think, what was it, like a year and a half ago we last talked? Ages, and it was on Zoom. Which yeah. we've, we don't really do anymore. We're I trying think to it stick was COVID away. time. It was. It was definitely it? was COVID time. Yeah. yeah. But that was our first, funny enough, that was our first big episode that we really did well. Oh. Well. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so you can see why you're a recurring <laughs> guest. No. <laughs> but you're a podcaster yourself now. Yeah. So how's podcasting life? It's We'd- so fun. I think like it's interesting because when you work for yourself, right, and you work from home and it gets really isolating. And so now that we have like me and Lily are doing podcasts together, who's one of my friends, it's so fun. It feels like something that I look forward to every single week because I'm doing something with somebody else yeah. and it's like a group project. So I love it. I honestly love it. And we haven't had guests yet, but super, super stoked to be like planning them for next year. So yeah. Well, Lily's a former guest of the show too. You, you put us in contact with her and we had a good chat with her as well, but yeah, you've had a big, big year yourself, 20, yeah. 2022. So how's the year finished up for you and are you ready to go for next year? I'm so ready. 2022 has been a year. I reckon it's been probably one of the most challenging years of my entire life, but probably the most, the best in a sense that I've learned so much about myself. Like the Alice in 2021 would be like, who is this chick? Like who is this person in 2022? Like, so it's been a big year but you know with everything when you're challenged you just so like you learn so much about yourself and about what you need what you want what you love what you don't like your values and everything so I'm really stoked to be going into 2023 with just like a whole set of new yeah like a new perspective on life just it's, it's awesome. Well, what are some of the challenges you've had this year? Let's yeah, how open? How open? That, yeah, like what? What's oh, your I year can look, be open. Yeah, yeah, well, how, for sure. If you go chronologically through the year, all right, kinda, January, <laughs> January first. <laughs> when did so, it all go wrong? <laughs> no. oh, well, it started with January, and then it went. Yeah. So honestly, I feel like every single month there was something going on. So like in Jan, what happened? Oh, COVID was going on, right? Mm-hmm. And so I lived with a ha- with five housemates, including wow. me. Oh, and me. So 
when COVID was going around in New South Wales, what happened was we couldn't if, – if one of your housemates got COVID, you had to isolate as well even if you didn't have COVID. So I didn't want COVID and so naturally I um, stayed away and things like that. But when my housemates got it, I had to isolate even though I didn't have COVID. Yeah. And so it kind of went through every single housemate for a total of four weeks and yeah, I didn't get oh, it the whole no. time. <laughs> so I was pretty much isolated the entire January and my – partner at the time was living in Wollongong and he was having troubles with his housemates and things like that so it was just like incredibly stressful yeah. and you know for me I love my mates I love being outside and so being at home trying to avoid COVID within your house is just incredibly traumatic and so that was January fun and then February and March I just felt like incredibly there wasn't a, like one event, but I just felt really lost. I think it was because in January all that kind of stuff happened and then I, I kind of just lost myself and I think I lost myself within my business as well because I was finding myself comparing a lot to other businesses and I think that with some things that happened at home, yeah, I just felt really, really lost and my partner was living down in Wollongong, which is like an hour at the time and he did night shifts and I never got to see him and so – there was a lot of like turmoil there internally and I actually went off my medications for my anxiety in January, which was not a good idea at the time because I thought, oh, yeah, like it's all good. Was that just by choice? Like, did by you, choice, yeah, yeah. See, that's dangerous, isn't it? No, yeah, yeah I wouldn't recommend. Well, I went off them because I – in January, before all this stuff happened, I was like, oh, life's great, life's chill, whatever. And so then like I feel like everything kind of happens – really um, suddenly and then I was off my medication so I didn't have that sort of reserve for, for me and so I kind of went into a bit of a hole at that time and the weather I don't know if you guys had it in Melbourne but like in Sydney it was horrible like it was literally like torrential downpour for like two months I think La Nina or whatever it's called yeah El Nina whatever. we have that in the moment La Nina is a Spanish that's the uh, feminine word he, yeah. he, know, he knows Spanish he speaks oh, Spanish really? El Nino or La Nina oh. we're going through La Nina yeah okay yeah well that was I would not recommend I don't like her and it was not fun and so I think like I had like seasonal affective disorder whatever it's called in like March and then um I was in a car accident um oh, in shit. May or I think it was May which was Really scary. Ziggs, my little border collie, was in the car and I was more scared about him. He like smashed through the window and stuff. Oh, He's fine. He's been through the ringer. And so that was like a bit traumatic. And then I, <laughs> then um, in May, I was, I moved down to Wollongong with my partner at the time. And so like, it was so exciting. And then I felt like everything just like, it was like the universe was telling me, hey, like, get out, get out, get out. Cause like. Get out of the relationship or yeah, get out of. Like yeah. I think it was just get out of whatever you're doing. It's not yeah. right for you. And I'm a big believer of like, of energies and like trusting the universe and what the signs are. And without being woo woo, I feel like in hindsight, it was the universe telling me like, Hey, this isn't the right path for you. So I went down there and so I had a rental car cause my car got smashed into. So I had a rental car at the time and I put petrol in it and it was diesel. Oh no. Oh no. $20,000. What? <laughs> I know. I had a lawyer. It's all right. But Thank God. I, but, oh, that was one of but my But I had to pay. Right? I have to pay. So I'm on a payment plan now for the next 40 years of my life because um, there's no insurance for people who – for like um, human error. So highly recommend don't put petrol in a diesel car, especially one that's like literally hasn't been touched. It was like the first time it had entered like – the rental market thing. So that was not ideal. Um, yeah. And then I got concussion a week later because I fell off a ladder at the gym. <laughs> oh my gosh. This and is an F45 kind no, of. No, this is an F45. <laughs> this is like at this like 
it was like this gymnasium gym thing. And I just, I, it was like 5 a.m. in the morning and I just climbed this ladder because I wanted to hang off it. Do you know, like you hang off yeah. it? And like, yeah. I don't know why, but I hung off it and I just fainted while I was up there in the air. And I don't know, maybe two metres high. I don't really know, but I fainted and then had a, a fit on the ground. I don't remember this. The people were telling me that I had a fit on the ground. Uh, doesn't sound very nice. It was no, not It no. was not fun. And then got to take it to hospital, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know, like with concussion, right, like there's heaps of research now to show that like it has actually impacts on your mental health like acutely and maybe like chronically as well. I think from the acute side of things, I definitely had like two weeks where I was like not feeling great, like mm. sad and things. And, you know, when you have so much to do and you, when you run your own business and you can't even see, it's like, bro, <laughs> stop mm. making cuts, you know. So I had like a few weeks of there that was a bit yucky. And then I went to the snow. Um, this is about June. I went to the snow with my partner at the time and went snowboarding. And then I broke my rib snowboarding because I had a muesli bar in like my pocket. <laughs> I think I remember seeing this on your Insta story and I was – Hilarious. Yeah. Like funny – was well, not funny at the time but funny now. Like, of course I'd break my rib with a muesli bar. Um, and then I got COVID the next day. Then what August came around and me and my partner just had a really rough patch and – yeah, we just broke up in August and now I'm living back in Cronulla in my own granny flat with my dog and I honestly feel like following moving back here, everything's just gone up. So I feel like it was sort of like a really, really good decision. But, yeah, I'm tired. Uh, I bet. That is unbelievable. <laughs> I didn't know you went through all that. That is yeah. crazy. It's really taught me a few things, one of which is just to let go and let things happen yeah. and not resist. But then also to... Um, express gratitude for what you have even though things are going poorly in your life or feels really hard like you know there's so many beautiful things to be grateful for and I just really like really actively meditated and tried to practice gratitude in those moments because you know like we sometimes forget that there is so much to this world and like there's so many beautiful things in your life but often when stuff is happening you kind of had that silo vision. It's a good talking point because I remember when we were and I hate talking about COVID but when you were in the thick of all of that and people were saying we shouldn't be upset that we were locked down. Mm. So in Melbourne, we were locked down like crazy. It was really – I can't even remember the rules. But at, at certain points, we went allowed out of our house after eight. Oh. It was five-kilometer radius. And you're talking months. So when you would be frustrated and you might have wanted to express your frustration, some people went to social media, some people spoke to friends. But when you would do that, you would have people go, be grateful for what we have. You know, you've got a roof and you've got mm. a house and – which is all true, but at the same time, I I was very much of the opinion like you're allowed to be pissed off in this moment because I'm not saying you sit in that moment forever. I'm saying like you're allowed to be upset and frustrated, and but that still also doesn't mean you're not great, more grateful compared to people that have less than you. Yeah, hundred you know I mean? And you know, I think that it's all comes down to okay, like it is completely valid that this is a shit situation. You know, like being in lockdown and not being able to get outside of your house at eight o'clock and not seeing your mates, like that is terrible. That's horrible. It's not like being grateful means that you completely disregard the stuff that's happening that's that's poor or that's bad. But I think it's just focusing more so and putting your energy into those those things that are you know are amazing that's happening and and do sit in those sad like those sad or more uncomfortable emotions, but also give that you know, only a certain amount of your energy and mm. control, I guess, what you can control, which to an extent is how you interpret a situation and what you do that you have control over. So, you know, who you talk to and what you do in your meantime and, and everything like that. Talk to us a little bit about single life because oh, that's a big game changer, isn't it? It's actually, uh, it's interesting because I was actually talking to my psychologist about this the other day because I was like, 
it's really weird to now have spare energy to put into myself. Yeah. Because when you're in a relationship, relationships are great. Don't get me wrong. And I would love one in the future. But when you're in a relationship, you do have to put energy into that person. And naturally you think about them more, which is great. You should be. But then when you're single, it's sort of this automatic shift from like, what? I don't have, what am I doing? Like I've got free time, like, and it kind of feels uncomfortable. So I've had to sit in that. And like, you know, on Friday nights when I like usually would be cooking dinner with my, my partner, like I'm just kind of cooking dinner for myself and it, it feels really uncomfortable, but it's also such a fantastic opportunity for growth. And I'm trying to really use that. I mean, dating life, I've started like looking into dating and things like that. And like, Talk, yeah, to us, uh, talk to you, us about dating. Are you swiping? Yeah. Well, yeah. I actually downloaded yeah. the dating app the other day. Which one? Hinge. Yeah. The best the of them one. all. Yeah. It's the best one. It's where I met my ex at the time. <laughs> Great rating. Well, I'm, 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 <laughs> Effective. I'm, well I, met, I met my partner on yeah. Hinge. There yeah. you go. Well, that's right. And I, like heaps of my best mates have and it's worked out really well. So apparently it is good. But I feel like with dating apps, I find them very difficult because they're incredibly superficial, right? Like you're literally just basing – whether you go on a date with them based on their appearance to an extent and like the several prompts that they give. And it, I find as well, because of the society and because of the the nature of the app in particular, people, you know, message a couple of times and they just completely ghost and then yeah. they message and then they ghost and then they don't need to keep messaging. If they, if they've kind of. They're getting more matches. Yeah, That's exactly. What, there's yeah. more people, yeah. there's more matches, grass is always greener, blah, blah, blah. So I'm trying not to put much energy into if I do get ghosted or if I do get yeah. rejected because it's like, yeah, good. They don't really know you. No, they don't know me. And like, it's not like they're being mean or like they think I'm weird. It's just like, maybe they got a better match or maybe like they're busy or maybe, you know, they're creating space for the, when the right person comes in. So yeah, it's been really interesting. And I think that for me, it's actually a funny story because I'm, I love writing and I love creating stuff and I've actually started to write a book (laughs) on the whole dating experience. I don't know if I'll ever publish it, but um, you heard it here first. (laughs) I love that. I was going to do the same one. Really? Really? funny stories but I want to hear yours hilarious stories right and I think that like how I approach dating is it's all for the content now in terms of like yeah. the book not like I'm going to post it on Instagram or anything but just letting you know mate this coffee we're having it's not it's nothing romantic <laughs> like I it's actually don't want to go on a date with you it's just for content no but like I think about it like if it's hilarious if it's funny if it's awkward cool that's funny I can put it in the book yeah you know? obviously I won't name them but like yeah it, it, it's it's interesting and I, I write poems and things just for for leisure and I've always wanted to do something with them and I feel like I can implement it in, in the book as well. And, you know, everyone everyone has funny experiences with dating. 100%. And everyone has moments where they're just completely fatigued with it all and they're like, I'm going to be single forever and I just think that if I can put a little bit of a laugh into it and do something like this, yeah, it makes the whole experience for me a little bit more enjoyable. Do you feel pressure at all to have to find a partner? Hmm, I don't. No, I actually don't. I think that for me, something that I wrote down in my journal yesterday was it's all worked out. Now we just wait. And I think that for me, I'm like, let's just pretend it's all worked out. Let's pretend that I have a partner and I'm married and I have kids. Awesome. That's in however many years. It's all worked out. Now I just flow and just see what happens. And it kind of takes the pressure from myself. But I guess from society as a whole, I don't feel pressured at all. I think it's the pressure I put on myself subconsciously perhaps and this whole unknowing that like oh when am I going to get a partner will I be single forever but if I trust that I won't be and I trust that I have a partner in x amount of years then fantastic Mm. two things here can you share the LinkedIn story 
Oh my god! Apparently, that's a but, great but idea. Before you do, before you do, do you have a successful prompt on Hinge? Like, what's the one that oh. always people respond to? Because Dos had a killer one for oh, a while. Did you? I what did. was it? It was, uh, and it, it did so well. It was. Wait, what was it? It I was. Oh uh, yeah, I just basically said, "I love my coffee." I can guess anyone's coffee order just by looking at your profile. Total bullshit. Oh. Total. Bullshit. But it, but it had a good That's because a really everyone is pretty consistent with the same thing. I just went either oat latte yeah. or soy, <laughs> and honestly, it would be fifty fifty time no way. setup. Yeah, that, it did really well. That's and a really. Oh, yeah. I need. I'm not very good at the prompts. Like, I I've got one. What are they? I've got a couple. What's the first one? Um, the first one is what's that? Like when you have a fear of something. Phobia. I can't. I'm gonna absolutely butcher this. I'll get it up. Hang on, let me get my yeah, get, it, get it up. Oh, Alice is doing that. Remember when you you might want to share with the listeners. Remember when you put that voice when they updated the app and you could do voice recording. Did I put, a put joke? A, you put a terrible mother. Like it was a almost not sexist, but it was a. It was a mother-in-law joke. Do you remember that? That you got off. We watched watching this TV show, and this guy in like told this horrible joke, and Doss said, "You know what? I might just try this for a day." And didn't do anything. Did, didn't, didn't do anything. That wasn't a nice <laughs> joke. Yeah. I actually have a video on mine. Do you? It's of me pretending that I um, am on a cooking show, show and that gets a few. <laughs> oh, I've seen this video. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, on my Instagram. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's a bit of a laugh. I get a few things, but then oh, my most irrational fear: makeup because I don't wear makeup. And then oh, and then I just say I want someone who. You know, knows what they want, blah, blah, blah. That's a bit deep, but I don't really care. Um, and then weirdest gift I've ever received, a hairbrush. Go figure. Uh-huh. <laughs> a hairbrush. Because <laughs> it's true. My dad got me a hairbrush when I was 16. I was like, thanks. No, nah, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but I'm not really good at like the prompts. I don't know. But you're, I haven't but, put so, effort in. But you obviously, what's the LinkedIn oh, story? Oh, this is yeah. hilarious. This is I, oh my gosh. So I matched this guy on LinkedIn and he was so attractive. And I was like, surely I wouldn't match with someone like this. Anyway, and then I had a stalk with him. Stalk on him. I don't know how. I'm really good at stalking people. Like if I know their job and I, their name and their location, I can find them in five minutes. It's my skill. Wow. Maybe I'll put that on my Hinge profile. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, you might actually scare some people that off. scare Sorry, a lot of people off. Yeah. I reckon, yeah. Scared anyway, the catfish though. Yeah. Yeah, true. Mm. Anyway, so I um, looked at it and I found him on LinkedIn. And I was like, oh, cool. So I pressed him on LinkedIn and I looked at him. Oh, gosh, he's got – he's like a biotechnician, la, la, la. So this guy's smart and attractive. Like, wow. Anyway, I was stalking him. And then I messaged my mate and I was like, Elle, like, look at X. Look at him. He's so smart. She's like, Alice, are you on private? And I was like, no. She's like – Bro, like people can see that you stalked this guy on LinkedIn. I was like, no. Uh, so he would have got a notification yep. saying Alice Bleathman viewed your profile. Oh <laughs> are, you, are you talking to the gentleman still? How no. Far, how far oh. into it was it? Like how many? No, we hadn't even been on a date yet. I was just but like you were curious. Oh, that's a bad time. I know. Kind of talking, but I know. The, oh, but no. the thing is, he still views my stories and like likes my stories, likes my photos. And I'm like, bro, what do you want? Like, do you want to go on a date with me or are you? <laughs> Did you go on a date at all? So this is another funny story. So I call him in my book, the guy who lost his keys. I call all my date people like names. Yeah. So the guy who lost his keys because um, we had a date arranged. If you're listening, screw you. <laughs> we oh, had a d- <laughs> didn't go well by the sounds. We had a date arranged Wednesday morning, right? Tuesday night I was like, mm, I wonder if he's going to message me because like he was coming down here. It was from Bondi. I was like, oh, I wonder if he's going to message me, blah, blah, blah. He didn't message me. So I was like, okay, screw this guy. He's probably not going to come. And we'd arranged this like – He's like, yeah, I'm coming down Wednesday morning. We'll go for coffee, blah, blah, blah. So I went for a swim with my mate Jacko in the morning. I just completely just like disregarded it. And then he messaged me that night. He was like, hey, Alice, we didn't have our rendezvous. And I was like, 
did you lose your keys? He's like, yeah, I lost my keys. My dog ate them. And I was like, damn. And he's like, sorry, I've been so stressed. And I just didn't reply. And that was that. I'm like, don't, don't. Just don't. Like, if you don't want to come, just tell me. Because I don't want to be waiting around. Thankfully, I don't wait around for people anymore because I'm just sick of it. But, oh, some people. Have you been stood up before? I don't think so. No. No? I haven't. I may have stood someone up. Oh, did you? (laughs) Go on. No, 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 no. No, no, no. well, it's actually pretty fair though. No, it was just a late cancellation. Yeah. (laughs) This is is graphic. (laughs) I'm sorry, This is is, is boys chat, but I'll tell you. That's fine. So basically what happened was... I was struggling with my guts. Like, how, oh. like well, it's oh. great. We're talking to a dietitian. So you might yeah, be able to I reached out to Alice. Yeah, he, he did turn up <laughs> to the, me- the <laughs> session. <laughs> yeah, I reached out. I was having some gut issues. Yeah, a bit of anxiety too. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I was struggling. Like I was in, a, in and out of hospital. They never found out what was wrong. Really? But it somehow RBS? fixed itself. But it was no. horrific what you went through. Yeah, no, like really bad gut pain. But wow. then it would start, obviously it'd start flowing at certain times. Explain that, of a night, the bathroom situation i wake up at five in the morning with this excruciating pain like in your esophagus or your tummy no my tummy like like a burn and it was like a twisting burn like i couldn't straighten my body like i'd be curled up and the only relief was to get into the bathtub like turn the heat up (laughs) and just lie there for like an hour sweating and then i'd get up and then the funny part is i'd get out of the bath this is going back but to get to the bath you had to crawl well to get out of the bath then as soon as i get out I'd be back in that pain, oh, no. so I'd be stark as walking, like crawling no. to get to my <laughs> bedroom is... just to get some jocks on the go. Dad, I think I'm gonna go to the hospital. Like yeah. I'm in pain, but anyway, one day I was struggling with this, and I, at the time I was in and out, and you just know when you're holding it in all day, oh, but yeah. it won't come. Like because yeah. through this pain, I'm at footy training, and I've gone up for this mark. I'm just going oh, whack, no. and I've landed straight on my ass. Oh no! <laughs> totally shit myself. Like, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> hit the ground. Like bang, it starts flowing out. <laughs> And I was supposed to go to the movies with this girl and I thought... After training? Yeah, like I was going to go shower and I'm like... And then like I'm driving home and I'm like, I think there's more to come. Yeah, like, I, and I'm, I'm like, I done. can't go in this, no, in this state. That's so, a fair enough standing so up. I, I, it was a late. Like I hate doing it because it was like 20 mm, minutes before I was supposed mm. to leave. And I'm like, look, I can't do it. But I didn't want to tell her the truth. Didn't want to say, yeah. hey, I just shit myself at <laughs> footy training. And I'll probably shit myself during the movie. So I don't think it's a great time. So I mean, instead I'm like, look, I made up some shit excuses. She just... Didn't buy it at all. Are you serious? Fair enough. I'm like, you know what? I'll cop yeah. that. And she's like, you're an asshole. I'm like, oh, fair. She said that. No, but oh. that, I'm guessing that's what yeah, she's yeah, thinking. Yeah. And anyway, that was that. So. Um, can we go back a little bit to, sure. I guess, when you're in that relationship where you get that epiphany of like, this doesn't feel right. Mm. Explain this, the process around like your mind, do I, don't I, what's right, what's wrong? Mm, very, very, very hard. And I think that like at the time – just I guess a bit of a backstory without sharing too much. Like I am quite a open book and I'm quite an emotional person. I don't really like, you know, I'm reflective and blah, blah, blah. My ex was not. And so he found it quite difficult sometimes in our relationship that I was like, you know, what are you grateful for? Like, what do you love? Like, you know, and that's, that's what I do. Like, that's what I, you know, that's what I find really enjoyable and a really good conversation starter. And I think that over time we kind of got to a point where it was actually a bit of a, like a, a difficult thing for him. And so I think over time, you know, he naturally started to sort of drift away. And as somebody who I feel emotions of people really easily. I'm like, oh, you know, what's going on, you know? And then, yeah, it just became a bit weird. Something was off kilter. He didn't resent you? No, I don't think so. I think he – I don't think it was what he wanted and I think he found it very hard because – you know, you love somebody and like you, 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 you've created so many memories with them. And then all of a sudden it's like, I don't think this is my person. And I am somebody who, for me in relationships, 
the problem and then us, right? So we attack the problem, whereas I don't think that was the approach that he wanted to take. I think it was I was the problem, therefore I am solution, therefore I need to fix myself or I'm not, I guess, viable. I am in that time period of a couple of months where it was a bit difficult, I had a lot of poor, poor self-esteem because I was like, I'm broken. I'm not worthy of a relationship. I'm too emotional. I'm too this, I'm too that. And I actually went to um, Melbourne for a week because I was like, I can't be in this environment. I need to figure out what I actually want. And I came back and I was like, you know what? This isn't for me either because I can't be with somebody who can't except multiple facets of me and like, yes, you love the happy-go-lucky Alice, but I'm not just that. I'm empathetic. I'm I'm emotional sometimes. Like I, I get anxiety sometimes. Like that's just me. And if you can't love every facet of me, then how can you – how can you love me? And so I had to have some really hard conversations with myself and with my psychologist as to whether this was appropriate for me. And yeah, I think, you know, there was one day where I just had a big conversation. I wrote this huge letter because I wanted to read off to say it was, um, so it was correct and what I actually wanted so to get off my chair. you read it to him? Yeah. Oh, wow. What a, that's, yeah. a, what, that's a really good exercise. It was a really good exercise because I find for myself, because I'm a bit of a people pleaser, quote unquote, like, I'd be like, oh, but yeah, then it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Whereas I was like, no, I need to actually say what I think and what I feel. And so it was really, really, really good to do that. And it was like, it was very long, like a five-minute conversation. That would have been an emotional moment. Yeah, I think so. And I like, I cried a lot, but I think he, yeah, he took it on and I was like, if you're not willing to work through this, then I'm not willing to either. And so that was that. Like, and I think that what I've learned from that situation is like, you can love somebody so much, but it still not work because you both need to be working towards a goal or you both need to be working towards the solution or growing together. And unfortunately we loved each other so much, but one person in the team wasn't necessarily willing to grow together. And that makes it very impossible. I learned a lot and now I'm like, I'm so much more aware of what I need in a relationship and what I'm not going to settle for. I think I've grown a lot even from that small situation. I'm like, no, like I'm not too much. Like you're, you know. You're, and I'm sure your friends and family vouch yeah, for that. Yeah. And they were the people like, dude, no, no. Yeah. You're not, don't change. Yeah. And like my psych was like, you're only as needy as your unmet needs. And so for me, I was needy to an extent from an emotional side because I wasn't actually being, you know, my emotional side wasn't actually being met, you know, with from him. So yeah, it was a really interesting situation. Mm, tough. I want to ask, because we've got one of the greatest dietitians in Australia with us. So <laughs> we do. Be, and last time, wow. on, last time you were well, on, the sh- on my <laughs> last time you were on the show, you talked uh, about comfort foods. Oh, so yeah. for people that are going through these sorts of emotional mm. roller coasters in their life currently, where's the balance when it comes to it? Like for yourself, can you talk to us about your comfort food or comfort yeah. eating during that time? And I don't know, was there a time when you're like, hey, I need to stop or yeah. I'm getting like, what's the link between your emotions and food? And yeah, yeah. huge. And I guess I'll preface with saying that like emotional eating will it is not a bad thing mm. like everyone emotionally eats yeah. right like at a birthday party you're all happy you have birthday cake fantastic technically that's emotional eating to an extent then you're sad you have ice cream because you know that's makes you feel good not just when you're sad hey <laughs> well like you can have ice cream when you- <laughs> <laughs> he loves his ice cream yeah i do <laughs> no shame in that no, no shame, shame. No. and i guess like with my personal experience the <laughs> i remember for three days no joke i didn't eat 
and that's oh, really? that's unheard of. Like I eat a lot, and so I just couldn't because I was so anxious. It was so, and that's what I knew. I was like, this is not good. That's when I went to Melbourne because I wasn't eating, and I was like, I can't do this, and it wasn't intentional. I just like the thought of food made me want to like vomit. Wow! And that just shows you the impact that stress and anxiety has on the appetite. But then I guess from an emotional point, like it is very, very, very common to emotionally eat. However, there is a point where emotional eating isn't necessarily going to help the Mm. situation. So what I would always say is like if you feel like you're at a point where you're only turning to food to self-soothe or to manage your emotions, then that's not necessarily the best thing because at the end of the day, food is great. It releases dopamine and, and serotonin and reward and everything like that. But sometimes food isn't the answer and sometimes you need to go and call a friend or you need to go for a walk or you need to solve the issue at hand rather than always turning to food. So that's what I'd say to that. That's really, really good advice. What what did you turn to? Was it exercise? Was it friends? Was Mm. it time alone? Yeah, I definitely turned to friends. Like honestly, I don't know what I'd do without them. It's beyond me because I turned to food, of course, to an extent. Like I definitely ate more chocolate and more ice cream and I didn't I don't really drink alcohol so that wasn't really an issue for me as such but more so friends and just friends because firstly they kind of distracted me a little bit from the pain which I think is okay to be honest but then they also showed me my worth because I was hanging out with these people who accepted me for what I was not where I sometimes am so it was really 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 great for me and Ziggy was my absolute lifeboat for the whole time because he was just always there and it's interesting, like when I was sad, he'd just come up to me and like lick me. Isn't it amazing how they know? So weird. Yeah. Oh, it's so weird. So yeah, and I had therapy. So every week I'd see my psychologist because she was like, dude, like we need to see each other more because I was just going through a lot. And I think because of, I guess, like the, historically, there was a few things that went on that year too. So I was a bit like already quite sensitive. And then turning to books and podcasts and self-love sort of stuff and how I guess I can grow from this situation because – Although I didn't really want it, although I, it was really tough, I didn't have a choice. I had to let go and if I want anything, I want to grow from this situation. So I tried to put all my energy into that. That's amazing. Have you dealt with any clients that have lent on food and fallen into such a deep slump that they almost can't get out? Have they been like a previously healthy, balanced person that has lent on food to such an extent that it's almost taken over their health? Have yeah. you dealt with people like that? How do you actually get out of those slumps? Mm, I definitely have. So what most of my clients I see have disordered eating or eating disorders. So yes, um, food is huge in that. We use it as a way to somewhat emotionally regulate, quote unquote, or self-soothe. And sometimes it gets to a point where it becomes things like binge eating disorder. So that's a mental illness and that's an eating disorder. But then other times it just becomes more so an over-reliance on food to... Can you just clarify what a binge eating disorder actually looks like? It's an eating disorder in which people overeat on food um, within a certain time period. So like a large amount of food subjectively for that person in a short amount of time. And it happens, you know, more often. I I don't know the actual exact criteria off the top of my head, but it's like it's been happening for several months, multiple times a week. So that would be regarded. And then when it comes to binge eating, there's so many different reasons as to why it might happen. It's not just from an emotional point. It could also be because of physical restriction, because of psychological restriction, because of certain food rules and things that come up. So there's a lot of different things um, within that disorder as well. I often think about, for example, I grew up in a family that food has always been such a big part of, of us as a family. 
but I know different parts of the family have found it easy to accept that and know that that's okay. Others have struggled and gone like, I want to change. Is part of your coaching and advice, Like, because I'm sure a lot of other clients are the same. Sometimes you feel like you're the only one in family is food. And I know the same with your mum. Your mum's a great cook. You go to your mum's house and it's just food and feed. Like, What is your advice and what do you tell those people that might struggle with a family that says, we're a food family? Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I had a client actually the other day who had a very similar concern because her she's Greek and naturally that's tough. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, you know, they're nonas or yas, like they push food onto them. And it can be very difficult because you're kind of used to overeating. Like it's kind of normal to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so full at every single meal. And you know, I think the first thing is acknowledging that and going, okay, that's how I was brought up. Does this, does this serve me now? Yes or no. And then as well, practicing things like checking in with your hunger, checking in with your fullness, asking yourself, is this the amount of food that I need? Is this the amount of food that I want? Also just making sure that, um, you know, you are communicating that with your family and being like, hey, like to your, your nonna or your yia, like <laughs> I've actually had enough. Thank you so much. I really enjoy this meal and actually being able to articulate that well because sometimes it can be quite offensive to them. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no right or wrong way about that, but I would say that it is important to to know your why and to check in with your hunger, check in with your fullness and be okay with the fact that it's not rude to leave food on, on your plate. It's actually kind of normal. Mm-hmm. How do you check in with that hunger in terms of for people that don't, either count calories or log their food or food prep plan and plan things. everything yeah. and, and weigh everything and do yeah so how, like for the everyday person like is there any like simple tips that yeah. we could all yeah, yeah. so there's a is actually a really simple tool called the hunger fullness scale that i often suggest to my clients who find it difficult to know if they're hungry or if they're full and it's a scale that goes from one to ten and one is basically really, really hungry. Like you haven't you haven't eaten in days hungry, right? Yep. And then your five is your neutral. So I'm not hungry. I'm not full. I'm just like chilling, right? And then 10 is like your Christmas full lunch. Can't wait for that next month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and like, you know, I think that, you know, every single person is different. And to know your two, to know your three, to know your four, you have to know your one, right? You have to know your 10. Okay. And so what I would suggest in this situation is take a week and take this, this scale with you or put it on your phone or something and every time you eat check in with yourself and go okay what number am I am I really hungry am I kind of hungry am I I could eat I can't eat you know whatever and you know then you'll create your scale and I guess as a, as a general suggestion with a healthy population what we want to do is we want to start eating at about a three where you're like hungry but not starving and you want to finish at about a seven where you're okay. full but not like stuffed full Mm. obviously every day will be different and sometimes it's not possible and sometimes you need to be practical you know if you're going on a road trip and you have 11 o'clock and it's not really lunchtime but you don't you know have food for another seven hours then like it is important yeah but um as a general that's the first thing that i always suggest that's great advice yeah what about food prep are you a food prepper i'm a food planner to an extent i don't prep as such but because i work from home it's really easy so like i just like go to the fridge five seconds away. Whip up a salad. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm very basic. Like I'm not a – like yes, I'm a dietitian, but I'm the laziest dietitian you've ever met. Like <laughs> I literally have the same thing every day for lunch. Like and it doesn't phase me. I'm not really like a – I joke that I have cheap taste buds because I could <laughs> yeah. eat tuna and rice for the, you know, every well, you, day. Well, you do get along just fine. I can live off that. Yeah, really it's could. the best. It's yeah. absolutely golden. But, you know, I think that – um 
you know, planning your meals is is important to an extent. And what I mean by that is like you don't have to be like Monday I have this, Tuesday I have this, but like going, okay, what does this week look like? How many times am I going out for dinner this week? Am I going to be home for breakfast? Am I going to be home for lunch? Okay, cool. Probably need to have five lunches there. Cool. All right, I'll buy this much for my five lunches. I'll buy this much for my dinners and whatever and having that sort of plan. I definitely do that because I don't like food waste. That's basically my reasoning. And um, overspending. And overspending, yeah, because yeah. so many people overspend and – then they say that healthy is expensive. It's like, yeah, it's expensive, but you don't eat half of it. <laughs> like, of course. And yeah, then just being as simple as possible. That's what I sort of do. And I have an air fryer, which is game changing. Oh, yeah. So good. Aren't so, they great? Oh, they're just the best. You just chuck it in five minutes later, it's done. It's awesome. Is it important to be consistent of the times of the day you eat and be within a, like, say, if you say you're going to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Yeah. Is it important to be consistent within, say, half an hour, an hour, either way, each day? Oh, yes and no. Like, I guess, you know, if we think about this hungerfulness thing, right, Mm -hmm. if you're like eating at eight o'clock one day and then 10 o'clock at another day and then 12 o'clock, like your levels might be different, right? You might be eating when you're starving one day because you've had four, five, six hours between meals. So that would definitely influence that. But from a metabolic point, not really. It's not really going to impact whatever's easiest for you. I'm going to just read a quote. You'll be amazed by what you attract oh. when you start believing in what you deserve. <laughs> no, I love it. I forgot it. to take that off. <laughs> no, I love it. No, it's not embarrassing at all. Can yep. you share further on that? Because yeah. I, I, like, I'm a big believer in all that stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was a quote I wrote a few days ago because I think it was more so on the background of the breakup where I was like, you know what, I deserve someone amazing I deserve to feel like I'm significant I deserve to feel like I'm not too much like and I deserve to be I deserve what I put in and so I was just like and for me I put out to the universe things and so that was one where I just wrote this quote and it's pretty exciting when you realize your worth and I would never ever settle in a relationship ever again because I know what I deserve and I know I'm a good human being and I know I'm not too much but you know, when somebody says to you, you're too much, you're too this, you're too this, it can come off and you can start believing it. But I'm really at this space right now where I'm trying to unlearn what I've been told. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's important too, because we all compare, especially with relationships, other people's relationships yeah. and that's, they're, they're seemingly in this perfect relationship, but that's not, mm. that's not perfect for everybody. Like they do things that wouldn't work for you. And yeah. so we're having this conversation last night on a different podcast about this idea of, somebody's like your 10 and my 10 and your 10 is so completely different to everybody else. And it doesn't really matter what that is in your eyes. And I think superficially we've been trained to think differently. Mm. So once you have that perspective, it's so powerful. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I guess it's, you know, don't compare (laughs) the story. Just don't compare. You have no idea what people are going through. Yeah. But it's so easy to say that too though. Oh yeah. Mm. Like I try and tell myself that. All the time, even from a podcast perspective and a business perspective, like I'm so content and happy with where we are because like you, we know where we're going to be and we just have to trust the process. And like you said earlier, I loved what you said about it's all, your life's already planned and set up for you. Just wait, just mm. be patient. Like I believe that. I believe mm. ours is already set out. But I also see everyone else where I want to be right now. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, yeah. like yeah. why aren't I there yet? But yeah. it's about... Trusting yeah. it and being patient, but but also keep reminding yourself that mm-hmm. exactly that you're meant to be where you are right now. A hundred percent. And it's like a muscle, right? You've got to train it and you've got to remind yourself every day, like, don't compare, don't compare. Comparison's a thief of joy. Like, this is my timeline. This is where I'm at. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be and my day will come. And, mm. you know, you 
you do have those days when you feel more insecure, you feel like things are lacking or you, you know, you don't know what you're doing and then you compare even more. But just acknowledging that and being aware that like that's not necessarily going to help you and you're on a journey and just trust the process. Speaking of noise, I've got one more food-based question. Yeah. So we were having another great conversation yesterday about the lack of patience people have when trying exercise or nutrition or listening to somebody and they try it for a week expect <laughs> results and on a uh, new diet new regime i'll try this for two or three weeks still don't see results try something else there's no patience what's the simplest step that people can take that anybody listening right now when it comes to a diet not talk about fad diets what's the most crucial thing in your eyes that everybody should look for oh i would say i'd probably say two things i'd say eat more vegetables and i'd say cook more food <laughs> is that the right is that the right answer i think well it must be you're the dietitian well the reason being okay i'll expand a little bit so when you're cooking your own food right you're less likely to use added salts added sugars added oils and things like that that aren't necessarily going to serve you you're also more likely to have a portion that you actually want because when you're out for dinner and things much more likely to overeat right so that's one aspect and the other aspect is when it comes to vegetables, most people don't eat enough vegetables. Like 95% of Australians don't eat enough vegetables. So what do you think is enough? Enough around five serves a day. Okay. I'd say probably more than that, but that's the, the guidelines. So gotcha. five serves. Most people aren't hitting that at all every single day. So the great thing about vegetables, obviously they're good in terms of vitamins and minerals and fiber, but they're also, you know, they fill you up. They're voluminous. And so naturally with, I guess, the Australian population like above average in terms of the weight and things like that, not that it's the only thing, but I guess as a general guide, if you're eating more vegetables, you're much more likely to fill up more. You're definitely going to, you know, be able to get your veg, uh, your vitamins and your minerals and all that beautiful thing. And you're less likely to have your processed mm. um, products. I want to dive into the last little bit of the podcast around your business. Mm. So we... Dietetics is your bread and butter, right? Yeah. But you're running a business. I know you're coaching and you're mentoring and you're you know, providing data and advice and, and really coaching people on what is right and what is wrong. But when it comes to running a business, like what is the biggest thing you've – what is the biggest hurdle you've come across in the last few years since having your business? Yeah. And you're not allowed to say COVID. It has to be <laughs> COVID something wasn't else. actually much okay, of a hurdle because cool. yeah. I'm all online. Yeah, so exactly. I was very blessed. I would say – do not get distracted by other people's stuff and don't get distracted by what other people are doing. Listen to what you want and go with that because I found that I was like, oh, I should do that because that's what the the people are doing or that's what's quote-unquote good or that's what's going to get you the most money. And I went down these paths that I just didn't actually serve me and I knew intuitively that it didn't but I thought that's what you had to do. And so now in this space where I'm like, you know what, I know that this is the right thing for me to do this is feeling really good for me, this is easy. And so I would suggest that, you know, if you're wanting to start a business, if you, you're, you're, you have a business, don't get distracted by what everyone else is doing because that's theirs, this is yours. What do you want? At the end of the day for me, I started my business so I could have flexibility, freedom and I actually enjoyed my work. And so why in the world would I pushing to work 60 hours a week and earn all this money and have no flexibility or freedom and do everything else that everyone else was doing when like at the end of the day, that's not what I even started a business for. So just checking in with your why and, and, and making sure that you're on the right track for you, not somebody else. Mm. I love that. It's interesting. Nick Cheadle, who that podcast would have been released before this one comes out, but he's a big fitness coach, Yeah, huge bodybuilder background. Yeah. And 
one of the questions was based around, it wasn't who's your ideal client, but in, like who are the types of people you work with? And he gave a great answer. And it was essentially, he said, people that are like me. So yeah. he's not saying I'm trying to conquer the world and get everybody in like I can somehow fit them in. He's like people that are like me that want to look similar to me or on a similar journey to me, have a similar past to me in terms of fitness. I found that really profound to hear that because mm. mm, it wasn't like, you know, one cup fits all. Is, Is it like that in your field? Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, and that's why we have niches, right? Like, some I would never see somebody for fertility, really, because that's not what I do, and like that's for somebody else. And yeah, I think that for me, the way that I work, you know, I'm not the standard dietitian. In so, what do you specialize in? I specialize in eating disorders and okay. disordered eating, and also gastrointestinal conditions. Um, Is that me? Maybe I don't know. Potentially, yeah, I saw a natural. I saw a naturopath actually couple weeks yeah. ago. I did that. What's the gut test? You have to send your poo off. To oh, get, uh, there's a lot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, funnily enough, you have to send it to like you put it in the mailbox to Australia like, Post. Yeah, it's. A I lot. couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's the crazy. poor bloke probably putting that satchel oh. in the thing. Oh. This, that smells like shit. Just he, I don't think he would have known. No, he's probably seen worse. Yeah. Anyway, but um, yeah. So like for me, I no longer hide who I am. Like I'm quite a, how would you say, like a free. I don't really care in the sense that I'm not. I don't, don't want to say not. I'm not prof, non-professional, but I. I'm not like you know, suits, makeup, nice, clean hair. Yeah, I try to be and I try to be relatable and authentic to me. And I think that at first I wasn't like that because I thought that's what you had to be when you were a professional and you have to be like, well, like, you know, prune and stuff. Whereas now I don't, I don't care. And the people who I attract are people who I get along with and I work well with. So like, it's really working for me. Can you just rattle off some of those disorders you mentioned you work with? What are the, some yeah. of the most common ones for yeah. people that may not even be aware? Yeah. So I guess in terms of eating disorders, it'd be anorexia nervosa, bulimia, um, binge eating, orthorexia. And okay. then there's non-specified eating disorders, which are like those that aren't those things. Sure. Um, and then you've just got disordered eating, which might be just patterns of eating that isn't necessarily in the criteria of an eating disorder, but still quite disordered. So, for example, skipping meals, um, not having enough food, underfueling, but not necessarily a mental illness. Hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is loss of period because of overtraining and underfueling. And then your irritable bowel syndrome. So, people who struggle with functional gut disorders, Dustin D, <laughs> celiac disease, yep. and other sort of intolerances and allergies. Okay. I think that's about it. And then I see, you know, just I guess the, the general population if they want to lose weight but in a way that's not restrictive because I'm not really somebody who puts anyone on diets as such but I'm, you know, I'm really aware that there are some people who want to lose weight to optimise their health and so supporting them in a really safe, kind and comforting way. Rather Do you work than, with athletes at all? No, not okay. really. Yeah. With those that have eating disorders and they come to you for help, what is the timeline? Is there a is there a date where you try and get them to a certain level by, or is it a more, mm. you know, week by week approach? Yeah. Are, are you like, is that how you go with payment plans? Is it an eight week program? Is it a just a. Yeah. So we'd, I don't do programs for eating disorders because they are so tough to manage and treat. The average person takes seven years to recover from an eating disorder. Whoa. So it's really hard because it's, it's a mental illness. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, like, I tell my clients straight out, like, this isn't something we're going to fix in four weeks, you know, like you're going to get better and you're going to improve your relationship with food. But 
you know, you're not going to get over this quote unquote in, in six weeks time or, you know, six months time even. And I guess it depends on as well, like the, the, the treatment they've had before too. So some of them have been through inpatient care. Some of them have been to psychologists and other dietitians even. So it really just depends. Um, and as well, like you're working not only on the food, but you're working on, you know, their mental health to a point without going outside of your scope of practice and then also generally their relationship with exercise too because it usually comes hand in hand, obsessive relationship with food and then obsessive relationship with exercise. Mm. How often do you check in with them and do they actually have to log their food? Do you look over it? What's Mm. that kind of process like? Yeah, so it depends on the person. Some people I see two times a week. Some people I see two times a month some people I see weekly it really depends on what they need and also their resources like it's expensive to see a professional every week like there's no denying it there's so many beautiful resources like Medicare in Australia has um, an eating disorder care plan so the person can get rebates for each session so that's really good but it's not 100% you know rebate it's still you still have some out of pocket so it really depends on those factors and also their to an extent, their motivation, right? Like if they're getting exhausted by the treatment and like there is such thing as treatment fatigue where you're going to see a dietitian every week and it gets exhausting. So sometimes we have like a month where we're just like, let's just give it a break. Let's just have a, you know, a holiday of our own disorder. And I guess when it comes to food plan, uh, food recording and things like that, some people, yes, some people, no. So it might be incredibly overwhelming for the person. I was going to ask, it must be hard for some people. Yeah, Yeah. and really confronting, whereas other people need it for that accountability to make sure sure they're eating or to log when they are overeating, for example, and to start to find some patterns in in their food and their emotions. So it's honestly so independent and – Yeah, Yeah, you just need to and you need to learn and I've had to learn this as well. Like things take time and that doesn't make me a poor practitioner. It just makes me human and it makes them human too. And, you know, sometimes we feel like we might be going backwards but it's it's not the case and it's just because it's a mental illness and, yeah, there's so many different dimensions to it. We mentioned briefly at the start, so yourself and fellow guest Lily Hay, you've started a project together. Yes. Talk on that a bit. Yeah. So I've always wanted to do podcasting. Like I talk, I love talking and I love connecting and, and, and meeting people. And it's always been something that I wanted to do, but I never wanted to do it by myself. And not because I was scared, but because I just felt like you could get more out of it with two people. And so it was interesting, like Lily and I connected through Instagram a couple of years ago and we, we were kind of friends through Instagram, but we weren't really like like calling each other and best mates or anything like that. And then several months ago she came to Sydney because she's going around Australia with her boyfriend and we met and we just got on like a house on fire and it was so weird and uh, she really helped me actually during the breakup process too. Um, And we just really like we just – clicked it was so weird and she was saying to me one day she's like oh I want to start a podcast and I was like no way same (laughs) she's like let's do it together I was like all right cool and that's where the best best bits was formed like we basically the week later we just did it and started recording and it just flows so well like we're just we I feel like we're on the same level as you know expectations for it and goals and you know Lily gives so many beautiful things to the podcast she's a hypnotherapist so she's quite reflective and she has a lot of um, education around mental illnesses and and, and we, we both went through a session with her. Both oh, of did us. You? Yeah. yeah. It was interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've been through a session with her too. She's very yeah, she's very interesting and I think that yeah, we work well together. So it's yeah. so fun and yeah, it's um, exciting to have a project outside of I guess the usual The best bits. 
the best bits. Yeah. So where do they follow that? Yes. Um, Spotify or po- um, what's Apple Podcast. Yep. Um, and we don't have anything else. We don't have an Instagram or anything. But next year we're going to start the Instagram and all that kind of stuff. So that's and very exciting. And the interviews. Yeah, and it's exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. We might have you guys on. We would love yeah, that. We'd love that. Lily, that, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, yeah, get the boys on. Yeah. We'll have a good laugh. <laughs> that would be funny actually. Yeah. So, no, it's really good. I'm so grateful for it. And your business? Yes. Is that a bit of a plug? And yourself, oh, my give business. your personal oh. plug, give it all a... <laughs> I mean, I we'll talk to your business. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. my business is just my name. So, <laughs> no. like, it's Alice Bleathman and di- like, Dietitian. I have an Instagram, which is just Alice Bleathman underscore Dietitian. You can go find me on the website. Just type me into Google. You'll find some stuff LinkedIn. going on. <laughs> No, I'm scarred. I actually put my LinkedIn on private after that because I was like, this is not going to happen again. So people want to date Alice and they don't want to go through swiping LinkedIn. (laughs) You know where to find her. Find me on LinkedIn. It's better than than Hinge, literally. But yeah, so exciting times. Yeah, Yeah, who knows what's going to be next year awaits, but we'll see. Exactly. Thank you so much for having us in your, in oh, your granny flat. Oh, stopover, wasn't it? Yeah, really nice. It's yeah. so nice to have you, like friends in here. Well, we've, you know, we've been, we've never met in that's person. What, that's a I weird fi- part. I, I, don't, I, I feel like we've too. met. I feel like we've met. Because you said, have you met my dog? I was thinking, I haven't even met you yet. Like, <laughs> 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 but I feel so like I know you, but yeah. I feel like I've met you. We've spoken on the phone a few times yeah. and obviously we've done the podcast over Zoom, so it's nice to find yeah. face to face. Thank you guys. So thanks for having us. Pleasure. Appreciate it. D, wasn't that episode just awesome? Oh, mate, I got so much out of it. I'm sure you did too. And, of course, thank you to everyone who listened. Guys, if you haven't already, go and subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For sure. And please leave us a five-star review on Apple. It goes such a long way to helping the show. And, of course, you have your chance to get a shout-out. Don't forget to go and follow us over on Instagram as well. What's the Instagram, D? It's at D underscore. D-O-S-A-N-D-D underscore. See you next week. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you in the next episode.